go. Up! Oh, I heard another moan. This is. <laughs> go ahead, your last. Go ahead, come on. Yeah, we're just waiting on this you. This is the first non-glass bottle. I know. Beer yeah, and I was thinking about Generic. it earlier. It's so much more satisfying to hear a bottle crack than yeah. it is, or a can crack than a bottle open. Well, I mean, In my yeah, opinion. unless you get a really good like bottle opener where it makes like the nice boop noise. You know? The what? Yeah. The boop like noise. A bop. Boop. Boop. Or, no, not Welcome f- to the Last Second Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Austin, here with my friends Chase, Jake, and Billy. Each episode, I will share a story from sports insane history. The catch, I'm the only one who will know the details, so sit back, relax, crack a beer, and enjoy the episode. What are we drinking today, Billy? It's uh, Hellman. It's a Hellman beer. It's, he- it's, it's Hellman a- and not Hillman? Uh, Hillman. It's a Hillman oh. beer. What? Okay, so <laughs> I'm let's, dyslexic, let's go back. So. Let's go back. What Genuine. sound does the I make? He said it wrong. He said Hillman. You no, said, he said Hellman. Not, no, Hellman. He I, I said, said Hellman. Hellman. I said Hellman. Don't oh, okay. you dare. <laughs> Get back to hosting, all right? Sorry, sorry. So what beer is this? <laughs> this, is, this is my fault. I have a f- friend whose last name's Hellman, so I get mixed up. But like yeah. the ketchup? <laughs> yes, like the ketchup. <laughs> uh, this is a golden lager that we got near it's Asheville. It's good. It's really good. I man. like it. Uh, I, it's we, pretty good. I got it on, you know, on draft, and then uh, I thought it was so good that we had to share it for you guys. So Yeah, cool. appreciate it. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, um, let's get into uh, the, the things we're gonna do. Oh God, you know the thingies. I'm nervous. The do the do things. Florida man for six eight. That is gonna be our new opener. Is on the dates we do this. We're gonna look up what happened to Florida man <laughs> on that day. <laughs> Today is June eighth. Hmm. Florida man, June eighth. Florida man wanted to visit Hooters so much that he told 911 dispatchers that he needed a ride because his grandmother had suffered a stroke in the parking garage. Jonathan Hinkle, 28, was instead given a ride to the Brevard County Jail on Tuesday night. So essentially what this guy did, so he's at home, he couldn't get to Hooters, so he called 911, said his mom or his grandmother was having a stroke or whatever they said. She, yeah, she was having a stroke in the parking garage next to the Hooters, so he needed a ride to the Hooters to go no. get her help out. That's just sad. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> ah, this guy's no. got to be older something. Why not just Uber? <clears throat> That's an expensive Uber. According to the news reports, Hinkle said to the dispatcher that he would pay the responders to drive him to Florida's Atlantic Coast Hooters so that he could help his grandmother. He was charged with misusing 911. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually, know if it's misusing. No one was hurt in this. Well, was, I mean, but that's the definition. I'm fucking with you. I, well, yeah, it's not no, right. I've never actually heard of anyone getting in trouble for that before. So that's yeah. that's what's well, no. actually the law for that. Like, how much trouble do you get in? It's probably like just a misdemeanor. I, I mean, well, mm. but I, I, maybe more because, like, think about it. If you're taking time. Away from them. From them. Something else could be Well, happening. just think yeah. about... Okay, let's think about how expensive ambulances are anyways. True. I would probably never even take an ambulance, mm-hmm. if even if I was dying, because you're going to be spending a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so you're mm. dying. Haley's about to Yeah, but call. think about the money you and, can and spend then by dying. Billy's like, no, <laughs> don't do it. Just drive me. It's fine. It's, it's a misdemeanor of the first degree punishable by up to one year in jail and a fine of up to $1,000. Okay. The first four offenses. So just oh, oh man, you just so knocked those out. Three other tries to get the Hooters. Damn, that's tight. Yeah. He's got four more. He just needs a better man. excuse next time. Yeah. How they ch- hey, land that's on- actually cheaper than an ambulance drive. I'm pretty sure. What getting escorted? In a <laughs> well, just a thousand dollar fine. Yeah, that has to be cheaper than a. Well, how yeah. did they land on? You get four. You get four, get four tries. You get four. No one's. Well, <laughs> you know what? I know. Who's gonna call more than once? Right. All right, and like, you know, be like, oh no, sorry. Yeah, my fault. My yeah. grandma's having another stroke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need Hop. to get to Hooters. I mean, <laughs> hospital. Uh, yeah, it's oh, hospital. Be, it's gonna be the boy who cried wolf, but instead the boy who cried. Hooters. My mom's having a stroke. <laughs> The boy who cried stroke. And I just need to see those mommy milk. Hey, my, my mom's having a stroke. Yeah, okay, Johnny. Okay, no, I'm, I'm for real. No, we're not taking you to Hooters. Oh, God. It's your, four, it's your fourth strike. 
It's your fortune. You can't, you can't, can't take you one. back. And then what his happens? mom dies. What happened? Yeah. What happened? What happened? What What do you mean? <laughs> I've done this three times already. Yeah. I'm not scared of you. <laughs> Hangs up. Uh, I did it just like two in the morning. Hey, you up? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, what's your yes, emergency? Stop. I just, you know, I just we talked a couple that. days ago and. You know, I really like what you were talking back to me, and, and it was just—I feel like we had a connection. Never, I miss my ex, <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> she works at Hooters. <laughs> That's why he wanted to get there. Yep. Oh, All right. So, anyways, we'll get into the news. Have you guys heard about this new golf league, the LIV, that's trying to compete directly with the PGA? I have not. It just got started up, and it's pulling some big names like. Phil Mickelson, he's uh, old. Dustin Johnson, who's he's not old. He's not. He's he's a big name. Kevin Na is an, another big name. Um, who? <clears throat> I just saw a news headline today about someone who had a serious gambling problem with it. With LIV? Yeah, it's lost like forty million dollars. Oh my god! Really? That that it hasn't even started problem. yet, so I don't know or, what dumb. gambling was going on. Go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah. find the article. So, the LIV stands for 54. You know, it's the Roman numeral for 54. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, basically, if you play birdies on every hole in golf, you'll score 54. So, that's oh, part okay. of it. And it's also, the competition's last three days. So, 18 holes times three is 54 holes. Okay. That's why you got the name. It's Saudi-funded. So, a lot of people don't love that. <laughs> um, because there's just, it's one of those things where it's, when anything is funded by, it's a lot of mixing of Saudi funders. Well, it's not even mixing of cultures. It's just you know there's going to be a fuckload of money involved. Oh yeah, I mean, like yeah. too much money, you know, to True. turn down. And so people start to like that's why they will pull these people who have been um, in the PGA for so long. It's because they're giving them ridiculous contracts. And I'll get into what the contract looks like for a golfer. So the total purse of each invitational series tournament is twenty five million. So, and that's huge. So that's wow. Of that twenty five million, five million will be awarded to teams, while twenty million will be awarded to individual players. So how the events will work is basically before an event, players will select like in a fantasy draft their team. Oh. So there'll be an individual portion. That's pretty sweet. And then there'll be a team portion afterwards. Huh. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty sick. (laughs) It's definitely a cool way to look at it. Um, And the team championship will take place during the eighth and final series event of the season. And they'll dole out an additional $50 million. So for comparison, the Masters and the PGA Championship. They really want to see Basically, the Masters and PGA are kind of like, Two of the best PGA yeah, events right. you can yeah. go to. I think to. we all want to grasp that. Their purses, a piece, were fifteen million dollars. Like, so just oh a regular, God. a regular tournament in the LIV is ten million dollars more than one than the two of the biggest. Is it? Is it just one of those princes what, over there that really wants to see golf? Oh, I mean, it's yeah. like, like. So, I found the article mm-hmm. about. LIV Golf and Phil Mickelson. Guess how much he is, uh, his contract is to play in I'm, LIV. I'm getting into that. Oh, you will? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hop back into this. Yeah. Thing. So, PGA Tour golfers who are joining the league Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na. So, those are three big names. Tiger reportedly turned down an absurd nine figure deal to join. Oh Holy my shit. God! Well, he—they said it was breathtaking. Like he said, it was like the biggest contract he's seen. Nine figures. Nine figures. That's hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah. Well, that's and, what I'm saying. That's to my point. Like the, they must yeah. be fiending for yeah. like. And okay. guess oh, guess how much man. Phil Mickelson pocketed for his contract? I don't know. Like third. You say it, Jake. Two hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> to get Phil Mickelson. I was going to guess 30, but Dude, that guy, 200 million? That guy was doing like, you know, Subway commercials for probably like yeah. 50 grand a pop, you know? Dude, he just 
made his whole. I mean, I don't know what his net worth. How long net is worth. the contract for? Um, I don't know how long it is. It's the first season, so like I don't know if this is That's, for him to sign to be. I think the contract is mainly for him saying I'm going to only play LIV events. I'm not going to play PGA oh, Tour events because they're mean, different. They compete two hundred million dollars, and you're still just you're still playing golf, whatever. Still enjoying the game. And so, like, what about the courses and stuff? I like. I know the PGA has That's like a good point. They play. It's an international schedule. So they'll play a couple here in America, they'll play some in Europe, and then they'll play one or two rounds in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, the big controversy is that it's a Saudi-backed league. Yeah. And, you know, all the human rights issues and whatnot. There's that. There's also the fact that they can over-compete monetarily with these people. They don't, they're not worried about... You know, yeah, like price the P- for yeah, like and everything. Two hundred million dollars yeah, for one probably, guy. I, I'm assuming they were probably offering Tiger Woods half a billion dollars. Oh yeah, if they easily. got Phil for because it's that mil? kind of name. It's that kind of yeah. Name. That will make sense. So um, how do you how do you get who talks you out of doing that? Like, or it might just be personal for Tiger Woods loyalty. But. Well, so this is this, and this is what I kind of get into a little bit. He's got enough money, right? Uh, maybe that's why. So this maybe is, he's like, this yeah, is, I don't care. This is this is I. These are my two sides of the coin with this. One, a lot of people, you know, try to think that like they wouldn't accept the money, right? Like Tiger did. Yeah. I think the reason Tiger didn't accept the money is that dude almost died a year ago mm-hmm. in a car crash. He had to miss a major because he couldn't complete the round because he was dealing with injuries Mm. so not only does he need to rest and recover to get back in playing shape he also made in his entire career 1.7 billion dollars okay so that was what else does he need do you mean he has an entire like par four par three in his backyard at his house i didn't know that that's sick it's awesome it looks so and it's a mansion with a par three and a par four in the backyard it's insane but, I mean, he really doesn't need anything else. I mean, what is, what is that money going to get him that he doesn't already have? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think if, you know, if you're looking at Phil Mickelson, he's at the end of his career. He's not he probably, placing great in these PGA events. You know, he'll have times where he hits, you know, up in the leaderboards a little bit. But, and somebody comes by with $200 million, fuck yeah. I'd be I like, just oh, doubled, dude, I don't even fuck the PGA. I just doubled my net worth yeah. in one deal. I'll keep playing golf for you. Who cares? Yeah. So, uh, the article I was looking for that mentioned that, but um, when he was interviewed about signing this contract mm-hmm. and LIV Golf, um, they also asked him about the biography he just released. And um, he said that over a four-year span, he's gambled away $40 million. Oh, my God. And, like, he's in therapy, Wait, who, but who continues to gamble. Phil Mickelson. Could you imagine gambling away forty million dollars? Phil Mickelson had a gambling addiction. Still does. Still I struggling did not with it. Know and about has, this? Gets therapy for it. What the fuck? That's what forty. Well, I mean, well, you know, million, people Jesus. who have so much money, you know, it's you know, I kind of feel like it's inevitable for some of them to to go through that. I mean, even Michael Jordan went through periods yeah. where he was gambling like crazy. Could you imagine his his bookkeeper? Uh, Phil, five hundred grand. You sure? You, yeah. You're on a pretty bad streak. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling feeling it. Feeling good about feeling it. Feeling my fingers. Yeah. You just all down the. Did, okay. Speaking of gambling, Phil, good doing business with you. <laughs> okay. You can't even pay me to be your accountant anymore. Um. Did you guys see Drake off a roulette wheel? He he bet a million dollars on Black Eleven, and he ended up winning seventeen million dollars. Yeah. Don't, we shouldn't encourage that. <laughs> we shouldn't I just, it is like that. It was yeah. one of the wildest things I've that ever seen. That is insane. That reminds me of the story. I watched um, Pat McAfee's um, podcast. Pat McAfee was talking about a story about how he went out and it was like some kind of golf outing with uh, a bunch of the players on the team. And he was on the Indianapolis Colts at the time. So Peyton Manning was there. And he. Uh, as Peyton Manning, because he didn't stay long, as he's walking out of the roulette table, 
Um, he looks at Pat McAfee and is like, how about that black 18? And then like shoots the gun sign and then walks away and then goes up to his room. And Pat McAfee's like, you know what? Fuck it. If Peyton Manning tells me to do something, I'm going <laughs> to do it. Why would you not? So he put a bunch of money on black 18 and it rolled black 18. Oh my God. Like that's just a, that's a classic thanks, Peyton Manning. Thanks Peyton Manning. Yeah. Thanks Peyton. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So we get Peyton. He's going to be in this story. Oh man. But yeah, so that, I mean, that's that league. I, you know, there's a lot you could undress with this league, but I really just kind of want to see how it goes. I want to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm curious to see what attendance would be like at these places. Um, I can imagine it being insane in Saudi Arabia with oh, the yeah. attendance and stuff. But I, I, I mean, kinda, as long as you're straight and male, then you can probably attend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, women can get there. You just can't drive, right? <laughs> no, they yeah. can now, I think. In Saudi really? Arabia? I think so. I think they're there. Yeah, I'm glad in 2022 so. we're, we're discussing whether or not women can drive. I don't know enough about what's going on there. Well, anyways, <laughs> undermine. Mm-hmm. Lessen the effectiveness, power, or ability of, especially gradually or insidiously. Insidiously? Insidiously. Insidious. Indigenous. <laughs> Indigenously, Indigenously, that's right. <laughs> like they're native to there. <laughs> Kill the head, and the body will die. Interesting. Greg Williams. You guys don't know that name right now, but you will. (laughs) Not Greg, no. Hurricane Katrina devastated the coast of Louisiana on August 29, 2005. It brought Mm. along with it a powerful storm surge and flooding rain that would eventually breach the levees of New Orleans. Sharks swam through the streets. Entire houses were underwater. It truly was one of the largest natural disasters the United States had seen in recent memory. The Mercedes-Benz Superdome stood tall during the onslaught of wind and rain. It was the last bastion for the civilians who were unable to flee the disaster. It housed 20 to 30,000 people for one week. The plumbing failed. The AC could not operate functionally due to the lack of power and one backup generator stood between the refugees and darkness. Then, after withstanding winds of over 150 miles per hour, the stadium's roof began to tear. Two holes between 15 and 20 feet long introduced the refugees to the elements. My God. After the devastation, rumors of lawlessness, lawlessness and depravity, depravity circulated. Quote, a murderous hellhole with bodies littering the freezers of the Superdome. While these sensationalized talking points were later rebuked due to lack of evidence, the Superdome had held out and saved the lives of over 20,000 citizens. A miracle, or better yet, a miraculous positive, that for a while was undermined by the speculation of misdeeds and horrifying rumors. I didn't know about that. There was a big headline for a while that like there were gangs in the Superdome that were like controlling everybody and like people were dying left and right and they were throwing the bodies in the freezer to hide them and stuff. My God. Crazy. Mad Mac kind of stuff. Yeah. So where do you guys think this story's going? Peyton Manning. Greg Williams. He He's the guy wrapped up with the conspiracy of that. He's probably a Saints football player since we're talking about the Superdome. Yep. He's in the gang. He's either, um, yeah, I don't know. I agree with the... All right, well, we can keep going, and we'll we'll, we'll give it a second guess. The Mercedes-Benz Stadium was rebuilt and opened back up for week three, September 25th, for the 2006-2007 NFL season. Drew Brees was in his prime. Reggie Bush was splitting carries with Deuce McAllister at running back. I remember watching the emotion grip the stadium. Fans, players, and coaches had felt the breath of life come back to their football team once again. So this moment was so cool. I can't remember how old I was, but I do remember watching the game, the initial comeback game for the Saints to the Superdome. And it was wild. And it was it's kind of controversial because it came back pretty quick and you know they could probably use the funding. Uh, to help rebuild some communities and stuff, but <laughs> they got the stadium back. So, but. yeah, I mean, it would <clears throat> probably definitely help them with morale, though. Like you know, mm-hmm. and I'll, well, <clears throat> serve as a not a distraction. Yeah, I guess a distraction from I guess everything exactly. that was going on. Yeah. So. yeah. so as if written for a movie, the Saints stopped the Falcons on the first possession and forced them to punt the ball. 
Steve Gleason makes a divine play. He shrugs off the blockers in front of him and bursts towards the punter. Diving full extension with his body, Steve Gleason gets his hands on the ball. The ball ricochets off his hand towards the end zone. His teammate Curtis Deloach scooped up the ball and scored. A packed Superdome, remnants of the 20,000-plus that inhabited it just a year prior, still lingering, roared with excitement. The New Orleans Saints had finally gotten its voice back. They would go on to win the game and finish the season with a record of 10-5, and losing to Chicago in the NFC Championship. The next season, in 2007, they would finish with a record of 7-9. and In 2008, they would finish with a record of 8-8, eight and eight, failing to make the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. Mm. Any, any more of an idea of where this is headed, fellas? They find a body under the Superdome. Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually a ghost story. Did you know that? No. It's not, but... <laughs> <laughs> you had me. You really had me. Uh, he's... Is he the guy that leads them to winning their Super Bowl? Am what? I getting... Who? Greg? Is it? He's a part of it. Okay. I'm scared. In the aftermath of the disappointing previous two seasons, New Orleans needed to make a change. They had the puzzle pieces on the offense. Drew Brees was at the helm and had five receivers slash running backs catch for over 400 yards. Deuce McAllister, Reggie Bush, and Pierre Thomas spearheaded a three-pronged rushing attack. So head ball coach Sean Payton looked towards the defense for a change. They had regularly given up 20-plus points a game, including six games where the opponent scored 30-plus points. So not good defense. Yeah, not That's good. not good. That's not very good at all. I mean, 20-plus points a game is that's bad. I mean, it's competable, but 30-plus is, is rough. And this isn't even in the Patrick Mahomes um, era where it's just sling the ball around. This was like yeah. this was the, when Adrian Peterson, you know, you run yeah. the ball 25, 30 times a game with one dude. Um, so Sean Payton made his hire. Greg Williams, defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sean Payton mm. felt that Greg Williams was the guy to change the defense. Quote, because he was so impressive and prepared. Sean Payton. Hmm. Okay. So now you've been introduced All to right. Greg Williams. All right. Defensive coordinator. So I don't know where okay. this fits in because he didn't even okay. he wasn't even in New Orleans. He was at a different place. So He's at there now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets transferred in. Yep. So the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning, but they're not. Mine aren't clicking. Yeah. <laughs> not on track yet? Yeah, there's like, a lot of smoke right where now. Where did he. So he obviously de- defense. Yeah. He made them good. Yeah. Got hired. <laughs> you're, you're right on. Big, you're, you're on track. You're big on track. defensive brain. Sean Payton was so impressed with Greg Williams that he took a $250,000 pay cut to facilitate the transfer. Wow. Sean Payton handed the reins to Greg Williams, and he immediately got to work. This would hopefully be the hire that would take the Saints defense, who finished 23rd in the NFL Yikes. in yards per game and 26th in points allowed per game, and turn them into a championship-caliber defense. Greg Williams would employ an aggressive approach, and his defensive strategy showed immediate results. It was a perfect marriage. A Hall of Fame coach-QB combo running the offense in an aggressive defense that prioritized takeaways. In 2009, the Saints would finish the season at 13-3. and That's much better. Ooh. Much better than 8-8. Eight eight. The defense finished second in the league for takeaways, so the pressure was on to live up to the hype. But what laid ahead of them was a ladder of chaos. It would, have, it would take something divine, or perhaps dreadful, to pull off a Super Bowl win. Now we get into it. Oh, God. January 16th, 2010, the Saints would play the Arizona Cardinals in the divisional round of the playoffs. Winner advanced to the NFC Championship. It was Kurt Warner's final season as a QB in the NFL. Okay. He was a legend, a future Hall of Famer and was looking to win one last Super Bowl with the Arizona Cardinals. This was the Saints' first step on the ladder of chaos. During the game, Kurt Warner would leave the field with an apparent injury. He would later return, but the damage had already been done. 
the Saints would go on to beat the Cardinals 45-14 to in absolute Ew. thrashing. Yeah, that's... Oof. Oof. The Saints would Oof. force three fumbles in this game, recovering one of them. That's aggressive dude, right? Yeah. They you would also it? record an interception. Huh. The Saints were headed to their second-ever NFC championship, hoping for their first NFC championship win. Now, now what, what, what's going through your heads now, huh? I, I okay. don't remember They're, them winning a Super Bowl. That's great for me. Because it's going to surprise the fuck out of you. I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't remember them winning a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I mean, after that game, just obviously they keep rolling. But what does he he He's got to do something. I'm just waiting. I'm just this waiting. This is just a feel good story, no, Chase, I, about a, a guy who comes on for and they sh- win a championship. Everybody holds hands and sings Kumbaya. I, I'm waiting for some shisey stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. he, he takes a pipe to the other coach's knees or something. With the pretext of the story being like, yeah, there were gangs in the Superdome. I don't see. And the, like, and the whole uh, theme of it being undermined. Yeah. Like, see, you don't remember them winning the Super Bowl because they beat the Colts. Like, no one was that proud. It's yeah. a Peyton Manning held <laughs> Colts, sir. That was a damn good oh, team. Man. Yeah, but then he won it with the Broncos, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The Saints defense had shut down Kurt Warner. Granted, he was out of his prime, but at the end of the day, he was still an incredible talent at the position. Two weeks later, Kurt Warner would retire from the National Football League. Hmm. Okay. January 24th, 2010. The Saints host the Minnesota Vikings. It was a matchup between Drew Brees and Brett Favre. Oh, yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah. Brett Favre on the freaking Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, he made it that far. One of the craziest moves. He literally a whole lifetime in Green Bay and then goes to play for Minnesota. Got to be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He went. Didn't he play for the Jets for like a season, too? Mm hmm. Was that before or after the Vikings? It's got to be afterwards. I can't remember, honestly. It was such an abysmal. Cause he, well, I loved Favre, but that was one of those times where you were just like, like please, the Michael please Jordan, retire. like just get off the Wizards, go. just leave, yeah. you're, don't you don't need to do anything else. You've yeah. done enough. Yet another game against a legend and future Hall of Fame QB. To make things more difficult for the Saints defense, Adrian Peterson was mm. in his prime. A young Percy oh, Harvin yeah. was also healthy and torched defenses from the wide receiver position. The Vikings offense regularly scored 20-plus points a game. They scored below 20 points in only three games. Mm-hmm. So to sum it up, this was a fucking game. <laughs> a really good defense, hyper-aggressive defense against a really good offense. offense. And then this Greg character. Greg Williams, he's just Greg. on the defense, baby. He's just controlling it, you know? Mm-hmm. He just has everything clicking when it needs to click. Using this ghost He's of not the doing Superdome. anything bad. He's just a really good coach. This was the next step on the ladder of chaos. The game opened up with Adrian Peterson rushing for a 19-yard touchdown. New Orleans will respond with a Drew Brees pass to Pierre Thomas for a 36-yard touchdown scamper. Nice. Before the end of the first quarter, Brett Favre would march the Vikings down the field to score on a five-yard pass to Sidney Rice. It was 14-7 to at the end of the first. The second quarter opened up with a New Orleans touchdown to Devery Henderson from Drew Brees. Tied again. This would be your score heading into halftime, 14-14. The third quarter got underway, and with it, the Saints would open up with a scoring drive. A nine-yard rushing touchdown by Pierre Thomas. Adrian Peterson would answer back with his own goal line touchdown run and his second of the game. It was 21-21 at the end of the third. The fourth and final quarter began. Millions of eyes glued to the TV. With 12 minutes and 39 seconds left, Reggie Bush would receive a pass from Drew Brees and take it in the end zone. It was now 28-21. The Vikings were desperate to tie the game before time expired, and with four minutes and 58 seconds left on the clock, Adrian Peterson punched in another run of two yards his third of the game tied 28 28 and people i always forget about how adrian peterson he was, was a, a monster animal dude yeah he, <laughs> he was, was a monster he's yeah. just insane whenever you needed it you did it yeah good god so now we're headed to overtime with 10 minutes and 51 seconds left in overtime drew Brees would drive the saints down the field and kick a field goal to win the game the saints had done it they had won their first nfc championship and were headed to their first ever Super Bowl. The defense forced six fumbles and recovered three of them. Oh my God. Wow. They also picked off Hall of Famer Brett Favre twice. 
Brett Favre would also leave the game with an apparent ankle injury, but he would return to play after getting it taped up. Mm-hmm. What did I say? What did I say? <laughs> what, Something people is get hurt in that, football. No, to quarterback in playoffs, people don't just get ankle apparent ankle injuries. You're thinking he's telling you're his, into it. He's his defense to do. I think it's clicking now. Yeah, that like their ankles or knees because it's he's just, te- did it's he unfortunate. Invent, did he invent the alligator roll in football? Did it's he do un- that? No, it's just unfortunate, man. He he said he came from Jacksonville. The one quote was "cut off the head." And the body will follow. The head is the quarterback. quarterback. The body, the team will follow. This marriage between Ooh, defensive and offensive yeah. identities had bore fruit, leading them to the biggest stage in all of professional football. Oh, my God. February 27th, 2010, the Saints would play the Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl. This would be the third QB in the Hall of Fame QB trilogy the Saints defense would take on. This was an Indianapolis Colts team spearheaded by Peyton Manning. The final step on the ladder of chaos. Can they summit or will they fall? Oh, God. On the last drive of the game, Peyton Manning was driving the Colts down the field to tie the game. With three minutes and 12 seconds left, Peyton Manning would throw an interception. This interception would return for a touchdown, sealing the win for the Saints. They would win their first ever Super Bowl. 31 to 17. But Peyton Manning was fine, right? And that's the that was it, guys. No, Wasn't no, that a great story? No, Such a no. feel good. This coach Greg Williams comes on the team. Greg is and a, he just motivates them. He gets these guys to go to work and they win a Super Bowl. He brought the Jacksonville the mafia with him. Year. He'll be president. Yeah. He, he told him he told his defense to sweep the leg. Or you know sweep the leg. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it sounds like me when I'm like. I actually think I remember this story now. Yeah, it's me a. It I'm, was a big story. Yeah. When I'm just watching football and I'm really pissed off because the other team's quarterback is overperforming. Yeah. yeah. Like just hit him. Just hit him. Take the penalty. <laughs> yeah. Hit him in the knees. Just poke his eyes out. <laughs> unless it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Unless it's Tom uh, Brady. Yeah. But I'm rooting for him. So. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm sure. saying. Now you might have been expecting a comprehensive breakdown of the Super Bowl. But there's a reason I decided to break down the other two games. Mm-hmm. But before I divulge this, I would like to bring up a theme I mentioned prior. Ah, Billy already hinted at that, yes. A miracle, or better yet, a miraculous positive that for a while was undermined by the speculation of misdeeds and horrifying rumors. So am I, are so we, why, are we why right? do you guys think this has anything to do with the Saints during the season? They would go on to win their... Is it if this is something deeper than he told his players to like target the quarterback yeah. or the quarterback's legs, and instead it's like they had people under the field fucking with their feet? Then <laughs> <laughs> that it's like dudes with like green <laughs> gloves, <laughs> so you can't see them in the in the snatching at legs. I can't twist, move. Twist the ankle now. Do it. So rumors began to float around the league. These rumors related to the stout defense of the Saints. The same overly aggressive defense that would finish second in the league for takeaways. Within the Vikings camp, they were especially upset due to a certain hit on their quarterback, Brett Favre. Favre had just thrown an interception. Right after throwing the ball, a Saints defender dove at Brett Favre's ankles while another hit him around the chest. This slammed Favre to the ground and was sent him out of the game for a few plays. And because we have, oh, by the way, we have a monitor set up now, so I can show this. You guys can't see it, but I can show this to my friends, Jake, Chase, and Billy. Cable free live TV. Yes. Wow, sick. Love ads. Okay, so this is the hit. Uh, should you should you mute the uh, music for copyright purposes? Yeah, there you go. What? God. Okay. What is this? Oh, right Ooh. at the ankles. Oh, yeah. Back of the leg. What did I say? Sweep the leg. He wasn't but even trying. He, did he threw, Did he get? They, the thing is, he threw the ball so early. Now, and then they still Yeah. Dive. The guy still dives right at his ankles. Yeah. It was head first, too, with the helmet. Boom. Oh. Rough. Yeah. That's... And they were just doing that all night. But now, uh, what did they hit from? Uh, who'd they beat before? 
the Vikings. Oh, I'll get there. Did they get a penalty for that at least? Or I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> the Vikings argued there was nothing legal about the play and that there should have been a flag thrown. It almost seemed as if the player was going at Favre intentionally to hurt him. Hmm. Another rumor surfaced, this time within the Arizona Cardinals organization. Kurt Warner had to leave the game for a few plays as well, and the Cardinals were not happy with the hit. Some would argue that this play is the one that would convince Kurt Warner to retire from the sport for good. Kurt Warner, on the play, had just thrown an interception. Attempting to rectify his mistake, Kurt Warner ran after the player to make the tackle. And one of the first things I was taught when I was in football, when I was playing defense, if someone got an interception, you would yell something. Whether it was like, Oski, 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 or like, fire, fire, fire. Something mm-hmm. to let everybody on the defense know, find somebody and hit them. Literally, it's just, just, just means, hit so, someone? That means someone, somebody yells, Oski, Oski, Oski. That means they got an interception, so yeah. now you are blocking for that guy. Oh, okay. And what they taught, what one of my coaches, I don't know if this was taught now, but it was taught back in the day, was you find the quarterback and you lay his ass out because it's a free hit on the quarterback and what is a quarterback going to do when he throws an interception it's gonna most are not going to stand there no they're gonna try to they're gonna try and make the tackle yeah so you find him and you hunt his ass down so a saints defender located warner and knocked his fucking lights out he was clearly shaken up after the play was over (laughs) oh my god oh Oh, no Oh boy. Hopefully this one's Is this one music? Oh, Shout out yeah. to Punching Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Punching Kitty. Okay. Let's see. Interception. So interception. Oh, oh! They, right <laughs> they yeah. slow it down for you. Oh, oh he is just like God. everybody's like, oh fuck, he's out of it. Yeah. He has no idea yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Hit the audio. God. Let's see. Yeah, so he's yeah. unconscious. He's oh, coming back. Yeah. That's not even. Oh. It, that's illegal now, yeah, right? Yeah, illegal now. Because that's a blind. Is and that, he's not going to make the tackle. No. Oh. Was that legal before? Yeah. That was a great block <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Crazy, right? So while the hit was clean, it was definitely over the top and intentionally over-aggressive. It was what is known as a blindside block, which is now a penalty in the NFL today. Yep. Over the next two years, more and more teams will step up to defend their quarterbacks. Seattle and Matt Hasselbeck, Cam Newton and the Panthers, and even the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers would all comment on the intentionality behind the Saints' defense on some of their hits. After three years and a number of rumors, both from outside the program and within, the Saints would come under investigation. Oh. What was being investigated? The NFL was looking for proof of the Saints employing a bounty system on opposing quarterbacks. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. So they... Bounty system meaning like the coach, he would be like, all right, if you get this guy, here's the amount of money. Yep. Give me your give me your bounty puck. It's like you know how there's a Deadpool. Yeah. And yeah. Movie Deadpool. Oh my god. Essentially, kind of something like that. You you basically would pull money together, and the person who hurt the per the head that is the quarterback. genuinely awful. That was in professional sports. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I love the idea. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like you, television. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you hate to love it, and I could, I could definitely. That I mean, talk about motivating your defense. Oh my god! Just even, even the thought of like seeing a hit, and you're like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's, he's that, going to the strip. That guy, after. yeah, that guy made some money. Yeah, and then today. when the guys are celebrating, they're like, I got my money. Yeah. <laughs> I got the shattered ankle bonus. Yeah. <laughs> wonder if that's going on in hockey right now. Dude, and that's what I'm saying. They're, we'll get into it more, but it took them a while to figure this out. Yeah. There's a lot of things administrationally that could have been done sooner, but it, it took them like a while 
to figure out this and actually do something about it. I mean, it. you saw what happened with Seth Jarvis in the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude got, he was one of our best players yeah. in this playoffs and got laid out. Yeah. And now we're out. Yeah. Yeah. And you should tell me he, like, couldn't remember the drive home from mm-hmm. the uh, arena. Mm-hmm. That's how bad he got hit. They, someone, he drove himself home after that? No, no, no. no. They oh. drove him to the... No. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't a drive home. The home was in the street pole, but... <laughs> it, was, it, it wasn't a drive home. It was to the hospital. Oh, he, 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 oh, he didn't remember God. the drive to the hospital. Good yeah. God. And the craziest part about that was Jarvis was literally, like crawling on the ice to get off so that they could sub another player in that's dude hockey players are on just a different in, level insane just yeah on a different just level of intensity different. so he didn't remember going to the hospital but remembered subconsciously yeah crawling that he need to crawl back to the bench to get off knocked out rose from unconsciousness crawled <laughs> across the ice army crawl across the ice scrolled into the bench just so he'd get another player out there for him. Oh, by the way, play. when he jumped on the bench, he fell off of it. He fell off the bench. I mean, he got to the bench. That's all he needed yeah, to do. I mean, he yeah, he's like, he now what? <laughs> <laughs> brain shut off. No, brain, brain's dead. <laughs> so but I bet it's going on in hockey right now. That's yeah. all I had. So, all right. So basically, are we, I want to know if this is real. Okay. It, and they were... Yeah, because just rumors at this point. Yeah. Bounty Gate had officially been recognized. (laughs) The NFL shared its findings to the world, and what was found was horrifying. Oh, God. Before that, let's go back in time. Okay. We have some inside. You know how I said there were some people who leaked stuff within? Oh, okay. January 15th, 2010, the Saints were gearing up for a divisional playoff game against the Arizona Cardinals. In the locker room, from the day before the game, Jonathan Vilma issued a proposition for the Saints defense. Ten grand to the man who would, could injure Kurt Warner and knock him out of the game. No. January 26th? That's not, like, written down. That's just, like, was said, right? Okay. All it's right. part of the findings. God. January tw- January 16th, 2010. The Saints played and beat Arizona. Uh-huh. Bobby McRae's blindside block on Kurt Warner. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Told you to stop that. I'm sorry, my mom listens to this podcast. So does yours. Have some shame. It's like a shout third out of to our, our <laughs> like yeah. a shout out to our two listeners. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. chase his mom. <laughs> I Mrs. Francis. All right, I'll Venmo you again tomorrow. Are Saudi Arabian <laughs> friends still around? Yeah, or Pakistani friends? You know, Pakistani, yeah, I can't. Sorry, I can't sorry. remember, but. I'm going to have to check that out. I He's hope. listened to multiple episodes. I'm going to get in no, touch with let's him. Let's hope so. We'll bring him on let's the podcast. Shirt, you know? Yeah. So what made you like us? I uh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm very bored. I put it on in the background. Bobby doesn't even speak English. No. He just did <sighs> either sitting there smiling and yeah. shaking his head. Sweet. Yes. All right. The Saints played and beat Arizona. Bobby McRae's blindside block on Kurt Warner would knock him out of the game and leave him visibly shaken up. Kurt Warner would go on to retire after the season. Did he get paid? January 24th, 2010, (laughs) the Saints were preparing to take on Brett Favre and the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. Vilma proposed yet another deal. Ten grand to the man who injured Brett Favre and knocked him out of the game. January 25th, the next day, the Saints beat Minnesota in overtime. Brett Favre was hit all night long. He would be hit around the ankles by McRae before getting thrown to the ground by another. This would knock Favre out of the game. The ankle will require surgery after the season. Oh. This would change Brett Favre, and after a very disappointing season in 2010-2011, he would retire for good. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. <clears throat> Real quick, though. Imagine, imagine finding that out after. I'd be pissed. For 10 grand, he ruined my legacy. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, though. There was a problem in the NFL for a while with uh, targeting receivers. Like mm-hmm. that, that was before targeting was a thing. So, yeah. like, I remember there was a time in the NFL where they were all taught, hey, you need to hit low. Yeah. So is that kind of like? No, I mean, are you talking about is that still around now, or is that? No, no, like because you know they were trying to go after the ankles. Yeah. Were I think I, if I remember this correctly, they were like, "Hey, you go target them low because even you know ankle injury injuries are still a thing." Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I know. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, to back to Jake's point, like I'd be absolutely pissed off. I'd just be. I'd be enraged. beside myself with anger. Yeah. yeah. God. January 29th, 2010, 
Kurt Warner retires, the NFL would announce that the Saints were to be fined thirty grand for several hits on several Vikings players. Right, right. So that was then. They got fined right after. Uh, $20,000 from McCray after two hits on Favre. So I think it's, I'm not going to lie, I had, I, I kind of chuckled because he got, he, honestly, he got ten grand for knocking Kurt Warner out. Yeah. Then he got ten grand for, for knocking Brett Favre, Favre out. out. I think it's fine $20,000. It's like, damn, I broke even. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I got to make the Super Bowl count. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I got one more shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, even, doesn't even care about the Zebra Bowl at this no, point. He's just, like, he separated God. his humanity yeah. from this. He's like, but the money. You know? Wait, was this investigation after the season was over? Yeah, or? this is a oh, okay. later investigation. Yeah. I'm going back in time and kind right. of showing you some God, of the that's findings. That's funny, though. That's wild. Um, so, another Anthony Hargrove got fined five grand for unnecessary rough, roughness against Favre. Uh, Jonathan Casillas uh, got unnecessary roughness, got fined five grand. On a punt returner, oh. which means that must have been a, a just egregious walloping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just enough to be like that. I don't know what that was, but I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy. He, he a, did his thing. His body uh, things that we're not used to seeing. So you're getting fined for that. Uh, so January 2010, the NFL began their investigation of Bounty Gate. This is where things get weird. In February 2010, in an attempt to hide evidence of the bounty system. Greg Williams put in place. He orders assistant coach Mike Cerullo to destroy all documents regarding info on the bounty system, as well as lie to the NFL about the investigation. So this is like Watergate. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's just all, burn it's everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Burn it all. Exactly. Yeah, they're just you know never to, happened. If it like, wasn't there, didn't happen. Bury it. Yeah. Uh, April 2010, Cerullo was fired. In order to clean up loose ends within the organization. Oh, which they're fucking oh, idiots. Oh. They're idiots. Look, if mm. I told Jake to get rid of like something that if the, people found out about me, the body it in would the freezer, ruin my life. Okay. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a talk. We're talking about Jake, right? We're gonna let's we're gonna go out of town real quick. Okay? Podcast you got anything on going now. on? Yeah. So. And I tell Jake to do something. He disposes of it, whatever it is, and does that for me. And then I'm like... Yes, master, whatever you say. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Take a hike. I don't want to see you again. You have nothing to do with me. I mean... What What would Jake's... I'd have, uh, 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 what would he do? You're no longer getting paid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're no longer getting paid to... Oh, sorry. Hide the secret. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, I'm going to tell anyone and Dude, everyone. If, if Jake did something like that for me... I would treat him like a king. Like, I would promote him. I would pay him triple. Yeah. I might like, suck his dick. Yeah. Keep him around. What? Zach. What? what? Huh? <laughs> Who? What? Sorry, Chase's mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's a nice lady. Hi, <laughs> Cynthia. So, yeah, I think that was the dumbest move you could make as an organization. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, the investigation, surprisingly, was going nowhere. No evidence. And nothing to go on but speculation. It's only oh, oh this so guy they did says, get rid of like this guy. They got rid of everything every- saying that they did this. Oh, and all they have is like random people saying, "Yeah, uh, Vilma said ten yeah. grand to hurts so, Kurt Warner." You know, yeah. like so it's like they have that, and that's not enough to hold up to yeah. saying they actually had something going on. No hard evidence, really. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> on August fifth, two thousand eleven. A new 10-year collective bargaining agreement was ratified. Goodell now had broader powers with which to discipline players. The investigation was also put on hold, but would be looked into further when more evidence presented itself. So that new bargaining agreement came at a really great time and a really bad time for Greg Williams. Yeah. But this basically gave... Goodell, more options to work with when it came to pursuing stuff. Uh, hmm. So now a lot of the stuff they were falling short of before, he could do more about. Execute, yeah. But he really turns out he didn't need to because on November 11th, 2011, the evidence, that evidence would come in the form of Cerullo breaking his silence by telling the NFL spokesman in an email that the Saints were a dirty organization. 
So the guy you fired oh, came back. Is now it's like it's the email email like I, they sucked. I can't dirty. believe I can't believe it took that long. Yeah. All right. I mean God, I wouldn't have held back. Yeah. It's, it's January twenty twelve. The NFL would reopen its investigation into the bounty programs. Through everything I've listed above, the Saints will continue their bounty system against the teams I listed above, Seattle, Carolina, Green Bay. So they were doing this for like two plus years. Wow. 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 January 25th, 2012, Williams is set to leave the Saints amid investigation to become the defensive coordinator for the Rams. So at this point, he's in full run mode. Yeah, he's like, "Uh, I'm getting out of here. No affiliation to this. Yep. March 2nd, 2012, the NFL announces that it has evidence that Williams created a bounty system soon after he became defensive coordinator of the Saints in 2009. Yep. The program spanned from 2009 to 2011, and as many as 22 to 27 players were involved. Oh, oh It's a lot of people getting hit <laughs> or targeted. Lot. Yeah, that, do God. You, do you wrong the player and the coach? Um, I mean, obviously well, the we NFL can, We can does. talk about that. That's a great question. Yeah. Hold on to that. We'll talk about it at the end. Um, the confirmed bounties were on Brett Favre, Kurt Warner, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, and after God. reading more... They had Alex Smith, who was a San Francisco's quarterback, yeah. San Francisco 49ers quarterback at the time. Oh, uh, March 21st, 2012, Goodell suspended Sean Payton for a year. Loomis for eight games. I can't remember what he did. And Vitt for six games. I think they're just part of the, the whole organization. Um, the Saints also lost their second-round draft picks for 2012 and 2013. Dang. And were fined half a million dollars. Which, honestly, for intentionally hurting, hurting people, people is... They all they lost was second round picks and, and fine. I, I was literally about yeah, to ask like, this question. Yeah. I was they literally, still got a Super Bowl. I was literally yeah, about yeah, to ask the it. question like, yep. what was the punishment of this? And if the pun like the punishment's not big enough, no, no, it's not. That's not that. They what, literally want a Super Bowl because discouraging people from doing it in yeah. the future. Yeah, yeah, we can get a Super Bowl, and all it costs this is, is you know, a couple suspensions and five hundred grand. Yeah. Um. On April 5th, 2012, a documentary was made about Steve Gleason, the guy I talked about earlier in the thing. Yeah. He made the diving punt block in the return to the, um, whatever it's called, the, the Superdome. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it was being made about him, and in the documentary, Greg Williams gave a speech before their playoff game that year. He said repeatedly, kill the head and the body will die. This was reportedly the same message he told the team before they played Favre. Oh my god. That's, that's some maniacal stuff right there. And I have one more video for you oh guys. Oh god. My goody. So when is this? Wow. The allegation that players on the New Orleans Saints were paid money. This isn't it, but this is crazy. That's a bad hit. Oh god. Oh that, was that during the god. game? Was that during the Super Bowl? No, it was Washington. They weren't in the Super Bowl. Oh! Listen. Oh, he actually says it. Yeah. yeah. Kill the head and the body will die. Oh. Firing up their players. Oh, my God. Just wait, it gets so much worse. <laughs> oh my oh. god. Oh. Oh my god. Can you go back to that quote so yeah. we can say it for the podcast? Yep. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Who was recording that? Good for them. It was the person who did the uh, documentary. So say that quote. So, quote by outstanding individual Greg Williams We've got to do everything in the world to make sure we kill Frank Gore's head. We want him running sideways, we want his head sideways. He'd be a good hockey coach. <laughs> yes. God. Next quote about Alex Smith, the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers at the time. We hit explicative 
Smith right here. Remember me. I've got the first one. I've got the first one. As he makes the money grubbing sign. Oh my god. What so a, what a he's just a great outstanding good old person. Stand up guy. You know, he just all he wants is for the NFL to prosper and you know, the yeah. Saints. He's just all about the Saints organization. I feel like Bill Belichick yeah. will pick him up in a couple years. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm saying to do it again. I don't, I don't remember this getting nearly the publicity that I mean Deflategate Deflategate got. Yeah. You know why? Because the in that still kind of suck. Well, yeah. <laughs> but Tom Brady is still around. No right. one knows who fucking Greg Williams is. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Plus, Tom Brady has been such an outspoken players advocate for his entire <laughs> career. There's one thing I'll talk about later, and literally he takes on the NFL. And I don't know if you guys heard about that, but he literally took on the NFL at one point. And um, if they fought against him, he wouldn't win. But what would be said in the trial would but- change the way the Players Association associated with the NFL so much that they couldn't take him on. Yeah. Dang. Isn't that crazy? That's it's wild. just big brain yeah. moves. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't win, win but, but you'd have to change what you're doing. And you'd have to give us what forever. we're asking for. God. So, crazy. But, um, but yeah, so that's good old Greg Williams. And I'll finish off with this. A miraculous positive for a city stricken with grief came in the form of a Super Bowl. But just like with the Superdome, during the hurricane, it was undermined by horrendous rumors. Players' careers ended. Favre's last shot at greatness ruined for ten grand. After the evidence had been destroyed, there's no telling who all made the full comprehensive list of the bounty program. Football at its foundation is a game, just a game, but it is a game surrounded with emotion. Coaches at every level are in complete control of this emotion. These coaches can harness this emotion to accomplish great things, or they can use it to bring a man, a team, or a city to ruin. This one bounty program saw the light of day, but who knows what other bounty programs existed in the past or exist currently. The Saints Super Bowl win will always be undermined, for it was on the backs of money-hungry bounty hunters that they made it as far as they did. In the end, they weren't climbing a ladder of chaos. Instead, they were the ladder of chaos, breaking Mm -hmm. their competitors while laughing to the bank. And shout-out to, uh, what's what's the guy's name who wrote... uh, um, Game of Thrones. R. R. Uh, Martin. Yeah, George R. R. Martin for the Ladder of Chaos. Chaos is a ladder. <laughs> a little finger. All right. Yeah. God. So I mean, that's the story. Um, what was the question you asked, Jake? Oh, who's the bl- who's the blame? The the coach or the, or the players? players? You know, when it comes to something like this, in my opinion, um, it's the coach. Because the coach is supposed to be the guy that's like, you fucking idiots are throwing around. You're saying that in the locker room? Are you kidding me? There's a dude doing a documentary right over there. (laughs) Like, what are you trying? Are you trying to go to jail? (laughs) Like, coaches are supposed to do something to make sure this doesn't happen. Or if they're going to harness that emotion, don't tell grown adults to kill the head and the body of a, of a person like that and, is and a explicitly fucking viking war chant <laughs> you know you don't tell people hopped up in all different kinds of shit to get ready to go ram no. their head into a brick wall for 60 minutes yeah. straight to go kill the head and you know at least one of them did that to hype themselves up oh Just yeah bashing Boom. its heads yeah. in cement yeah like that one dude um that one lineman who he went up to the trainer and was like smack me steve <laughs> smack me steve <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you can do better than that in the head if i'm not bleeding in the mouth is that on a, like a mic'd up or something? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great. Up. It's actually a video. It's, it's awesome. hilarious. It's wild. That's how you get me going, Steve. I got blood in my goddamn mouth. <laughs> no, but I agree. I think it is on the coach. And then, I mean, because the players are there to make, you know, play football, but also make money. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, and that's an incentive. Whether they morally like it or not yeah hitting the quarterback hard will make the game easier for them. and yep. make their stats better i mean it's other than the moral part there's really no con for them you know? yeah and in vilma is he's been a villain in the league for a while so mm. i can't i don't, I don't want to say too much about him because we may do an episode on him at some point 
But yeah. um, he, he's done not a lot of great things. Just like Fair Bishop enough. Sycamore, this will happen again. Oh, yeah. but like to your point, like you just said, it's probably happening now in hockey. It's yeah. probably happening yeah. now in other yeah. sports Others, yeah. or now in general. Think yeah. about basketball. So one person in basketball can like win a, win a championship. LeBron, yep. Send Draymond Steph Green Curry. out there. Step on some nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little gold nut step for ten grand. Nut I see what step. you mean, Billy. Oh my God. Yeah, uh. it's so it's a lot to think about, a lot to take in. I just don't think the punishment was big enough. No. no. Now I, I don't really. And so back to the question of do we blame the coaches or the the players? I think we blame. I I would blame the coach foremost, but I think the players take some responsibility too. They're. Only, I mean, like it's only ten grand, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's like a significant amount of money for them. When I now think about this at like the college level, yeah, yeah. if like he'd be like, "Hey, go hurt the star quarterback," we'll give you some money. Like before, you know, before they were make could make money. What about high school or high school too. High school. The thing is, I feel like you could get away with it in high school, and it ha- no it would, one polices it would, dude, high school, and it would be like twenty dollars. Yes, in high school. <laughs> Yo, like, ten McNuggets to the man <laughs> that breaks that dude's back. <laughs> God. I feel like in high school you just wouldn't have enough players motivated to do that. Yeah. I mean, not all players are big enough to even if they wanted Dude, to. I feel like you'll someone. find more people willing to hit people to hurt them in high school than you will in the NFL. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm I'm just saying a lot of high schoolers, even if they wanted to, they probably couldn't get couldn't. the power to do it. Yeah. Yeah, true. But, yeah. Man. You guys say screw the podcast and we'll just start a Bishop Sycamore. Yeah, man. I the the blueprints there. I think it'd be a, really a good Bishop experiment. Sycamore, mm. dude. We got a this is a collab, what we just did in these four episodes. We gotta create a Bishop Sycamore and then we have to employ a bounty system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then get this. Our star quarterback has it's, his best game on acid. Yeah, it's just all <laughs> cracked out. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's just cracked out on all kinds of drugs. And yeah. then we finish off with a nice, touching yeah. story about how one of the players, it's, you know, can't play games without oxycontin, and yeah. then goes and then, almost kills himself, and then he comes back. Then he comes back, teaches people about it. And then like, movies coming out soon. Yeah. And then like the girlfriend is always loyal yep. to him. Oh yeah, loyalty. Like, mm-hmm. All right, guys, we're re- we're rehashing. Let's yeah. get to the the important <laughs> thing about this episode. Yeah. The um, key, f- the pinnacle. Yeah, the most important thing. How? What do you guys think about the beer? So, it's this is another good old lager, lager, golden lager. Yep, lager. Yeah. So this is one of my favorites I've had almost ever, and uh, it's called Old Fort Original Lager. It's an American lager produced by Hillman Beer. That's why I've brought it to you today. So I. And biased, I will rent this an S, but I also would like to hear your opinion. I would say it's better than the Sam Adams. No, no, no. I like Sam Adams better. Really? Than hmm. this. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna rank this one probably at like put it at like a B. Okay. For me, if not B plus, but I'll keep B. Um. This one, yeah. It's Sam Adams is has a heavier taste to it. This yeah. is. Lighter, I mean, has that golden lager rather than what was the Sam Adams, just a traditional lager? I think so. Yeah. Whereas this one's a golden, so it's going to be a little lighter. It's got like that creamy taste to it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not like a British pub like ale. ranch. What? Like Hidden Valley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hidden Valley. It's not got, it's got really uh, ranchy undertones. Yeah, you know, creamy ranchy, undertones. creamy ranch Worlds. undertones. Yeah, Give it's... your. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if, in case you guys are wondering, to me, like, oh, God. it's, it's kind of like crunchy peanut butter versus creamy peanut butter. Okay, you're get out of here, <laughs> Jake. What okay. do you think? Good lord, it's uh, solid A. Okay. A, uh, no, A minus. A minus. Okay. It's an S for me. I like this light. I like the light beers. So, uh, so two things before we get out of here. So one, what it averages to what? Like, yeah, I think we're, it we're actually going to do all individual from so now that's, on. That's one of the things uh, we're going to get. Uh, we're going to put individual beer rankings on the website when we get okay. to it. Thanks to Haley in the corner for the yes, recommendations. Yes. Shout Haley, out. Haley, Haley uh, came up with the idea. Haley. We liked it. So we're doing it. 
Um, two. This is the first time I've been consulted about it. But. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't told as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're just in the dark. We're just the blind partners over here. It's fine. Yeah. Anyways, continue your melodrama later. You hear that shit over there? Yeah, it's bullshit. You're leaving us out. Am I just supposed to suck my own toes? <laughs> Excuse me, continue. <laughs> Don't stop for me. Um, so the last bit of news is we are going to start doing the format that we did in the last episode. The uh, um, acid pitcher episode. Oh, God, what's his name? Someone help. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm being uh, Podcast three episode. Podcast three episode. Um, but anyways, we're going to start doing the formats like that. So we'll do... An intro, all that stuff, beer, what we're doing, and then we'll do news, and then we'll do a short segment, kind of like the asshole trivia we did that week, and then uh, we'll get into a shorter story. Um, just after feedback, we've, we've realized that it's a little easier for people to follow along, and makes it a little short and easier to listen to, listen to easier to binge. Um, so this will be the ep- last episode like this, but there will be others when those stories present themselves. So I won't force a hour-long episode on anybody this will be just a quick 30-minute story um until i've got something good which i got something in the works so we'll get one of those pretty soon here but that's uh that's about it. anybody has any, anything else to say cheers boys cheers, cheers. <laughs> yeah. you, you what's wrong with you Jesus. Just have a compilation of all of Chase's like weird noises throughout the podcast. Just that's all it is. It's just like Mia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Poop pants.